Welcome to Scary Mysteries, brought to you by Nudon Films. Every Monday, we'll tell you about topics that range from serial killers and UFOs to unexplained mysteries, ghosts, and everything in between. If it's scary and it's mysterious, then we've got you covered. And check us out on YouTube as well if you want to watch each episode. Thanks for tuning in. Five of the scariest and strangest unexplained mysteries. Every single day things happen all around the world that defy conventional explanations. And most of the time, unless it happens to yourself or someone you know directly, then chances are you'll never even know it happened. From very strange missing persons cases, to someone dying and literally being brought back to life, these are five of the scariest and strangest unexplained mysteries. Number 5. Barbara and Patricia Grimes December 28, 1956 Like any true blue Elvis fan, sisters Barbara, who was 15 years old, and Patricia, just 13, found themselves lining up for his movie, Love Me Tender, for the 15th time. The sisters left home at 7.30pm and headed to Brighton Theatre in Chicago. Carrying only $2.70 between them, They planned to return home after watching the double feature. Their mother Loretta expected them to be home no later than 11.45, but it was past midnight and the girls still weren't home. Loretta sent two of her older children to wait by the bus stop for their sisters, but after three buses had passed, they went back home at 2 a.m. letting their mother know there were no signs of them. Loretta then called police and reported the girls missing. What followed was one of the biggest missing person searches ever launched in the Chicago area. Several witnesses, including a friend of Patricia's, Dorothy Wienert, reported seeing the girls in the theater. Dorothy had sat behind them with her own sister, but they left around 9.30 after the first viewing. During their disappearance and the events leading up to it, witnesses came from all around. Some said they saw the girls boarding a bus or checking into a hotel. Police theorized they must have run away to head to Nashville to meet Elvis, or perhaps were trying to live a life similar to his. Even the news of the girls' disappearance reached Elvis's camp in Graceland, and they issued a statement urging the sisters to go home, saying, If you are good Presley fans, you'll go home and ease your mother's worries. After nearly a month had passed after their disappearance, on January 22nd, a man named Leonard Prescott spotted something on the roadside of German Church Road in Illinois. He thought what he saw were mannequins dumped on the side of the road. He pulled over, and as he got closer, he realized these were not statues of any sort. There on the roadside were the naked and semi-frozen bodies of Barbara and Patricia Grimes. They were both positioned awkwardly, with Barbara lying face down and Patricia on top of her. Autopsy reports stated that the last meal they had eaten was from the night they disappeared, indicating they had been killed within hours after leaving the theater. However, the chief investigator for the county, Harry Gloss, argued that the thin layer of frost that formed on the bodies indicated they could have been alive up until January 7th. The snowfall that day would have been enough to react to the body's warmth and form the layer. He stood by his statement and refused to retract it, and was later fired because of it. As for the actual cause of death, there were no visible fatal wounds on the bodies or any indication they may have been poisoned or drugged. 
The only suspicious mark was a puncture wound in Barbara's chest, which looked like it came from an ice pick. Their official cause of death, though, is stated as secondary shock, which is exposure to low temperatures. There were various suspects, including Benny Bedwell, a 21-year-old drifter who first admitted to the crime but later recanted, saying he was pressured by police. Another suspect, Max Flagg, admitted to kidnapping the girls and agreed to take a polygraph, which he did and failed. He was let go in this instance, but was sent to prison for the murder of another young woman just a few years later. To this day, the case remains open. As of 2013, author and retired police officer Ray Johnson has created a renewed interest in the case. He realized a similar crime happened a year after the girls disappeared, that of Bonnie Lee Scott. She was also found naked and with the same puncture wound as the Grimes sisters. He also said a third victim, who was 14 at the time, was abducted together along with the sisters, but managed to escape. However, she never told her story publicly because she was too scared of what might happen to her. Number four, Don Henry and Kevin Ives. On August 23, 1987, the bodies of 16-year-old Don Henry and 17-year-old Kevin Ives were found sprawled out on the train tracks just south of Little Rock, Arkansas. Although the engineer saw them, he was unable to stop the momentum of the train to prevent it from running them over. With the train's loud sound, it would be impossible for the boys not to hear it or react, but the boys remained unmoving, as if they were already dead. During the investigation, police suspiciously rushed the case, stating the boys died from a drug overdose while on the tracks. But their families refused to believe them and insisted the situation be looked into further. They also questioned why a key piece of evidence, a green tarp reported by the engineer to be on the bodies at the time he ran them over, suddenly disappeared. With the persistence from the families, a grand jury eventually overruled the initial cause of death, proclaiming the boys' deaths as probable homicides. A second autopsy was then conducted, and it was discovered that Don had suffered multiple stab wounds while Kevin was knocked unconscious before the train accident. Investigations were done, but no sufficient evidence or lead were ever found as to who would have hurt the young men. Kevin's mother and many others believe the boys had witnessed or stumbled across a drug drop involving high-ranking gang members and were killed as a consequence. A witness also reported a police officer beating up two teenagers in a parking lot before throwing them in a car and driving off that day. However, it's unclear whether the boys were Kevin and Don. What's odd about the incident is that an investigator discovered an eerily similar crime in Hodgin, Oklahoma. This case also involved two boys who were placed on the train tracks before being run over. No one was arrested for that crime as well. To this day, there are still no answers as to who was responsible for the murders of those boys, and so the case of Kevin Ives and Don Henry remains unsolved. Number 3. Gene Hilliard it was December 20, 1980, when 19-year-old Jean Hilliard's car skidded off an icy, isolated road in Minnesota. She was headed home, and after the minor accident, her car engine stalled. Afraid she would freeze to death waiting inside the vehicle, she decided to walk over to a friend's house that was two miles away. She walked against the wind and in heavy snow, hoping to reach the house. However, exhausted and suffering from hypothermia, 
She collapsed about 15 feet away from her friend's driveway at approximately 1 a.m. Jean couldn't move any longer, and so she laid there motionless for nearly six hours, where temperatures dropped to negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. By 7 a.m., her friend, Wally Nelson, walked outside his house and, to his shock, found Jean frozen solid. Her face was ghost-like, pale, and her entire body was frozen so stiff that he couldn't load her in the car except diagonally. She was rushed to the hospital where doctors initially thought she was dead. She was completely unresponsive. They determined her heart was still beating, but it was down to just 12 beats per minute. Her body temperature was so low that it couldn't be measured using a regular thermometer. Moreover, they couldn't deliver medication or feed her intravenously because her skin was too frozen to be pierced with needles. All they could do was wrap her in an electric blanket and wait for her to thaw. They thought Jean, for sure, would suffer from brain damage and might need to have both of her legs amputated. What they didn't expect was what would happen next. Around 1 p.m., to the amazement of everyone, Jean started to make sounds and asked for some water. By that evening, she could move her arms and hands, and after three days, she was able to move her legs too. Even better news was that she didn't suffer any lasting problems from the episode. Jean remained in the ICU for six days and was moved to a normal room after that. She stayed at the hospital for 49 days in total, was released, and continued to live a normal life. What happened to Jean remains a complete mystery. A case like hers had never been seen before this or after. It defies science as we know it, and nobody knows how she could have survived being frozen solid and reviving without suffering any long-term damage to her body or brain. Number two, Beaumont children disappearance. It was a hot Australian day on January 26, 1966, and the three Beaumont children, nine-year-old Jane, seven-year-old Arna, and Grant, who was four, asked their parents if they could head to Glenelg Beach, just a five-minute bus ride away from their home. Their parents, Jim and Nancy, thought Jane was responsible enough to take care of her siblings and agreed to let them go. Nancy gave her daughter coins for the bus and some food. The children were instructed to catch the afternoon bus and be home by 2 p.m. However, the following morning, the children were officially declared missing. Detectives pieced together that the children boarded the 10 a.m. bus headed to the beach. Nancy spent the morning with a friend while Jim went to meet with potential clients. A little after lunchtime, Nancy waited for her children to get home, but the bus arrived without them. A few more buses came and went, and without any sign of the kids, Nancy became frantic. The moment Jim arrived home, they headed to the beach to look for them. They still couldn't find the siblings and reported them missing soon after that. The missing children became front-page news on January 27th, and eyewitnesses began to come forward. One lady reported seeing them inside the bus, and five minutes later at 10.15 a.m., they got off at Mosley Street. The next sighting came from a postman who knew them well. He said he saw them walking on Jetty Road towards the beach, but later on revised his story believing he had seen them in the afternoon instead of the morning. Another elderly lady saw the three children playing under a sprinkler around 11 a.m. at the Coley Reserve. She also noted a man in blue swimming trunks who was watching them. About 15 minutes later, this same man joined them and at 11.45 a.m., the siblings bought meat pies using a $1 note. 
The owner was familiar with the children because they've been there before, but never bought a meat pie until that time. Police believe the money was given by the stranger because Nancy insisted she never gave her children a $1 note, but only coins. By noontime, right when the children were set to go home, a couple with their granddaughter along with another woman were sitting on a bench when a man approached them with three children. He said he was missing some money and asked if they saw anyone touching his clothes. They said no, and he returned and helped the children get dressed. The woman was positive the children were the Beaumonts, and the man's description matched those of the stranger seen with the children by the sprinkler earlier on. An extensive campaign was launched to help the three kids. All of their belongings, the ones they took to the beach, were also missing, which indicated that they had not been swept into the ocean. Plus, the fact a man was spotted with them had led investigators to believe they were abducted. Hundreds reached out to help the Beaumonts find their kids, and every tip and piece of information was followed up, but to no avail. Several suspects emerged, including Bevan Spencer von Eman, which matched the description of the witnesses. Years after the incident, von Eman was charged for murdering a 15-year-old and experimenting on him. An informant pointed to him as boasting that he had taken three children at the beach years before. However, no concrete evidence has been found to link him to the Beaumont children. Other suspects include Arthur Stanley Brown, who was charged for killing two young girls in 1970. He bore a striking resemblance to the image provided by witnesses. Today, the case still remains open. There's a $1 million reward offered to those who can provide information leading to an arrest. But so far, it remains unclaimed. Number 1. Angela Hammond In Missouri, on April 4, 1991, Angela had just dropped off her fiancé Rob at his house. She promised she would call him within a few hours so they could plan to meet up later on. At around 10 p.m., Angela did as promised and called Rob from a payphone in the middle of town, right near a grocery outlet. While on the phone with Rob, Angela mentioned an unusual vehicle circling the lot, which she described as an old green Ford pickup truck. The truck soon pulled over next to the payphone and a man she described as filthy and bearded went and used the payphone next to hers. But he quickly went back to his pickup and used a flashlight as if he was looking for something he dropped. Rob had Angela ask if he needed to use the phone and the man replied no and that he'd try again in a minute. They then went on to talk about other things before Rob heard Angela scream in terror. Rob bolted out the door to head to where she was. The grocery outlet was only seven blocks away. As he drove to the store, a truck moving in the opposite direction passed, and he heard his name called out from the window. Knowing it was Angela, he slammed his car in reverse without knowing he had damaged the transmission. Rob took chase for a couple of miles before his car finally gave out and he couldn't follow any longer. The only thing he noticed was a strange decal at the back of the truck's window which he couldn't describe in detail, and after his car failed all he could do was watch as it sped away into the darkness. The search for Angela Hammond became national news thanks to the program Unsolved Mysteries. Witnesses near the payphone where she was abducted reporting seeing a dirty white man wearing glasses and overalls sitting in the truck which was described as a 1969 or 1970 Ford pickup. However, no solid evidence has ever been found. Rob was initially considered a suspect because of the strange story, but was cleared shortly after questioning. 
Investigators soon uncovered other mysterious disappearances in and around the area. It was the case of 30-year-old Cheryl Ann Kennedy who disappeared after locking up her store in Nevada, Missouri on February 27, 1991. Another woman, Trudy Darby, 42, also vanished in front of her store on January 19th. Darby's body was later on discovered and linked to half-brothers Marvin Cheney and Jesse Rush. While all three cases have similarities, investigators could not find concrete evidence linking all three. To this day, Angela Hammond's disappearance remains a mystery. No one has ever heard from her again, or found her body, or come forward with any clues as to what happened the night she disappeared. So there were five of the scariest and strangest unexplained mysteries. It's human nature to search for answers. We all want to know why and how, but sometimes that's just not a possibility. These cases of disappearances, abductions, and even miracles continue to make us wonder what really happened. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe and check out Scary Mysteries on YouTube as well for additional videos. I'll see you next week.